Hello, and welcome to The Upgrade, the ultimate travel podcast brought to you by Suitcase Magazine. I'm Fleur Manis. And I'm Amira Hashish, and we're here to help you travel smarter. Unpacking Suitcase Magazine's best bits, The Upgrade is a conversation starting podcast that brings escapism and inspiration to wherever you're listening. Join us as we spotlight emerging trends, deep dive into up-and-coming destinations, and catch up with the people changing the way we travel, including award-winning authors, iconic hoteliers, and pioneering conservationists paving the way for the modern-day traveller. Plus, we share some of their top travel tips and must-visit recommendations from around the world. Cruise past the bluffs of Big Sur, the storybook cottages of Carmel-by-the-Sea, or sniff out the best vine-to-glass grapes in the Santa Lucia Highlands. Just a two-hour drive from San Francisco, add the blissed-out vibes of Monterey County to your California road trip itinerary. Start planning at cmonterey.com. Hello. And welcome to the latest episode of The Upgrade, brought to you by Suitcase Magazine. Today, we're bringing you the third instalment in our Visit California podcast special. On our road trip, we visited the vibrant neighbourhoods of Barrio Logan, caught up with the creatives that are making Greater Palm Springs one of the USA's most inspiring places for the artistically minded. And now... We've cruised along the coastline and pitched up in Monterey County, a leading destination for sustainability. It's also built on such strong community foundations, isn't it, Fleur? And it's packed with locally owned independent stores, restaurants, bakeries and these farm to fork producers. The collective community spirit is really noticeable. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I think everyone that we've spoken to has said the same thing to us about Monterey, haven't they? They've said it embodies this like quintessential Californian lifestyle that is like made to be spent outdoors, hiking, cycling, paddleboarding, sailing. You've just got to soak up the outdoors and live that Cali life that we're all craving. Plus, as someone who loves Cali but doesn't drive, I can just cycle everywhere. Dream destination for me. Love that for you and the planet. (laughs) speaking of which shall we jump straight into talking about our brilliant guest today Fleur absolutely nice segue there babe so today we are catching up with one man who is paving the way for eco-conscious and sustainable fare in Monterey Absolutely, we are. So Chef Matthew Borden is the executive chef at Monterey Bay Aquarium. Chef Matt has run kitchens all over the world from Africa to China and Mexico. But he said he really found his people in Monterey. And thanks to Matt and his team, the aquarium has become a leader in the conservation field. It was amazing to hear how he worked so closely with the local community to bring this eco-conscious cook into the forefront. Yep, it's super impressive stuff. So he's managed to eliminate the use of single-use plastic in his kitchens. Water comes in cans that are totally recyclable and foods locally produced and sourced. So the journey to get it onto your plate is steeped in these community initiatives that we keep talking about. He's on an absolute mission to reinvent the food program. I know, and the Big Little Lies fan of me also got like really excited that when he talked about Meryl, Reese, and Nicole all using the aquarium as a film set. 
<laughs> you could always rely on California for that too, can't you? It's a real A-list affair. And even the fish are famous on the silver screen, thanks to their big little eyes appearance. So the aquarium seems to be a hub of activity. But as Chef Matt explains, there's actually so much happening and everyone likes to get involved. I like that he said that Monterey is a big city with a small town feel. And it's so interesting because he's like a complete convert to Monterey life, isn't he? After growing up on the East Coast, which is obviously like super, super rare. But it's really his passion for Monterey and this sense of fulfillment he's found there that really, really, really comes across. It's just he's a great he's a great advocate, isn't he? Mm-hmm, for sure he is. Today, we talked to Chef Matt of the Monterey Bay Aquarium about the winery tours we should raise a glass to in Carmel the neighbourhood restaurants we should seek out, and the beaches, hikes and trails that we should have on our radar. Chef Matt, thank you so much for joining us today on The Upgrade. Um, Just to, to let everyone know, you are the executive chef of Monterey Bay Aquarium. And really appreciate you taking your time. I know how busy you are uh, with all your uh, your various projects. But can, can we kick off with you telling us a bit about your work at the aquarium and, and how this incredible project came to be? Sure. Uh, first off, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, I will take any opportunity I can to talk about Monterey and the aquarium and the food. So uh, you got you got somebody that will never show up here. Um, <laughs> That's a I good will, thing. <laughs> I will. I will tell you that the aquarium in my work there um, has been probably the most rewarding position I've ever had. So I've been there seven years um, and it's just been one of those places where if you dream it, you can do it. I always said in high school, you know, when you're, when you're around people, a lot of like-minded people, it's amazing what you can do. And and I, I, I looked at college as kind of the moment it clicked for me, right? You're in high school and everybody's different and everyone has their own things. And some people are into sports and some people are into acting and some people are into to school and in books, you know, but then you go to college and you focus on something. And I went to culinary school and I focused on culinary. Everybody was focused on the same thing. And it was the coolest thing to just be surrounded by people who were all into what I was into. Um, so coming to the Monterey Bay Aquarium was one of those moments in my career where I kind of bounced around my whole career from Hong Kong to Africa to um, Mexico, working all over in the US. Uh, and then I got to the Monterey Bay Aquarium and it was one of those moments where I was like, yes, this is, this is it. Like this is, these are my people. Yeah. You, you found your home. <laughs> yeah. I found, I found my people. Right. And, and so all of a sudden it was like, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is where I can do my best work. And so food kind of opened up this whole new palette for me of, of sustainability and of, you know, conservation and making sure that food had a story. Mm. You know, when I was, when I was living in Africa in Rwanda, I would say that's really where I first got my my love of like farm to table or my, my true understanding, right. Cause farm to table there was literally you grew it and it ended up on your table. And so I really got this understanding of like what sustainability farm to table was on a larger scale. And so when I came to Monterey and was able to kind of put it into practice, you know, and find those stories and find those farmers and ranchers and fishermen, uh, it was, it was really, really cool opportunity for me to kind of dial it in. So. Yeah, well, I mean, what's remarkable is the aquarium is one of the leading sustainability and protection organizations in the world, isn't it? So as the person who heads up the food offering for that, you know, how do you how do you go about it? You're obviously such an integral part of the community, but how do you ensure that those sustainability credentials are met? Yeah, I will tell you, you know, when when we're when we're looking at the modern aquarium, we're we're super fortunate, right? We have Seafood Watch. 
which is housed just down the street. And it is a huge part, huge arm of the Monterey Bay Aquarium and their sustainability mission, their conservation mission. And so we're, we're wicked fortunate to be able to have them, but we also are fortunate to be able to craft stories with them to show other chefs how to do that. And so what we do and kind of the way we look at food and the way we look at that storytelling is as a whole, right? So yes, we have seafood watch and that is one prong and one facet of sustainability we look at sustainability as an entire program and so when we started looking at how we were going to tell that story we looked at it from the very beginning we said okay what if sustainability what if the Monterey bay aquarium story and food was way more than just seafood and it was about produce and meat and how we tell that and so we started with our produce company we went to them we said hey listen we want to make sure that there's no single-use plastic in our produce anymore. And they said, well, we have no idea how you're going to do that. And so we worked together and we came up with these reusable plastic crates. And so now all our produce goes out to the field, or the, 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 the containers, reusable plastic crates go to the field, they're packed, they're brought back, and they're given to us. Then they're sanitized and brought back out to the field. So there's this constant recycle, but there's no more boxes, no more plastic, no more any single-use waste. And so when we took that, we said, well, that was, that was way easier than we thought it was going to be. Like, how do we, how do we blow that out a little bigger? And so we started working with our, our fish partners. And so our fish go on the boat, they come out of the boat into plastos and they come to us. There's no styrofoam, no plastic, none of that. And so our story really is, is, you know, all encompassing in every piece of what we do. I'll never forget the last thing I couldn't get rid of that I was struggling to get rid of. In the cafe, we had oyster crackers, right? We serve chowder. Chowder is one of those things that is just, it is it is so synonymous with Monterey. You come and everyone's doing chowder tastings on the side of the road. They give you a little cup when you walk by. Okay. And, they, and the little oyster crackers, they come in the little plastic bags. And we couldn't figure out how to get rid of them. So I said, I'm just going to, I'm going to get rid of oyster crackers. We're not going to serve them. And it was just this moment where I realized like we will change who we are to meet our mission. And so we have, we have totally re-energized and rethought that food program so like water for example our water all comes in uh cans or we bottle it ourselves and so we have like spa water we put raspberries and mint uh we have the canned water we use proud source water single source like comes in can totally recyclable everything has a story um and it's just been a really really cool piece for us uh and it's, it's a huge challenge right because we're, we're constantly trying to figure out if we can do it in an operation that size, it serves from, you know, 700 people to 3000 people on a daily basis in, in the cafe, then how can we take that and make it a replicable model for other people? Yeah. Yeah. On, on, well, it's so impressive, everything that you're doing. And I've heard as well that not only is your food helping the community and working on these amazing sustainability initiatives, but it's also delicious. Um, so can you, can you tell us what, what we can expect from your dishes and what the most popular ones are for those who come and visit? Yeah. So, I mean, in, in our very core, what we always understand is that our, our guests, when they're coming, they want comfort, right? And so we make sure that we have, you know, your, your, just your, your basics, right? A really good hamburger, a really good locally crafted hot dog, a really good hand dipped chicken tender, you know, pizza that we make the dough, we fire it fresh in front of you. Like we have the basics, right? But then we wanted to say, how do we get outside that box? How do we tell the story of sustainability? So we have things like bay shrimp ceviche. We have mussels. We have oysters on a half shell sourced from Washington. You know, we, we have all these cool things in every single dish 
again, has that story, you know? And so when we were, when we were kind of crafting stories, we're like, how do we get, how do we get cooler? Right. I mean, chefs as a bunch, I think are mildly competitive. And so (laughs) we're like, how, how do we outdo the next guy? And I have this, um, this gentleman's name's Carlo. And so when I was there, I'd been there for like a year and he comes knocking on my door and they said, chef, there's somebody to see you. And I open the door and the guy's standing, he's got flip-flops on, he's got shorts and he's got a five gallon bucket. Actually, can I help you? He said, Hey, you want to buy some salt from me? <laughs> nah, not really. <laughs> not, not really interested. He said, well, hear me out. He said, I was sitting on the cliffs of Big Sur. He said, I was having a beer. Wave came up, hit me in the face. I tasted it on my lips and it was salty. He's like, so I filled up my bottle because I was going to, I was like, I got to do something with this. My beer bottle brought it home, forgot about it. Went out a month later and there was the coolest looking flakes of salt I'd ever seen. He's like, I'm trying to start this salt business. Long story short, he is now in every boutique store. He has sold all across the United States. He's sold in some of the highest end, most fancy restaurants across the country. And he started right there with us. And we have the same similar story. With our seaweed, we have uh, Monterey Red Seaweed. Um, this gentleman, Mike Graham, used to be a, a scientist, used to work with the aquarium, uh, went out and started his own business. He's still a, a teacher at the college. Um, and he started the seaweed business, came to us, sold us some seaweed. Uh, and we are now selling his seaweed, but he's also sold at massive restaurants. I believe he sells to the laundry, Bouchon, uh, he sells all over. And so he's just, you know, these stories of giving people a shot and making sure that we're invested in the community and have been a, a huge piece and a huge pillar of who we are uh, and, and a huge belief of, of where our food programming comes from. Gosh, that must be so rewarding for you. And, and also, you know, you guys are in Monterey clearly pioneering so many of these food moments across the country. So, so well done on that. I mean, that's quite the feat in the U S as well to make, to make that work. It's also, you guys are very much, a presence, a profile these days, because a very, very popular show chose the aquarium as a filming spot, didn't they? Big Little Lies. Uh, a lot of people will recognize your jellyfish because uh, they're frequently seen in Big Little Lies. Have you seen a big uptick in visitors as a result of that? You know, I will tell you, our 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 aquarium is always fairly busy. And so I, I don't know if it's a, a fairly big uptick of that or just because of the incredible exhibits um, we have a new exhibit into the deep opening, which I know is going to be insane. Um, but but it's just they, they keep it so fresh and they keep it so cool. Uh, Big Little Lies was definitely uh, one of the coolest pieces. I, I remember them coming and taping and, I, and just having them in town is always cool. You know, you grow up watching Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep. Like you watch these people in movies and like now they're in my town. Like, yeah. This is the craziest <laughs> thing ever. And like now they're at my work. Now they're eating my food. It's yeah. like, it's, the cool, it's, it's so cool, you know, and, and you have these, you have these, like these, these starstruck moments, you know, as you, I think as you go through your career, that was definitely one of them for me. So it's, it's pretty cool to have them film there and be, be part of, you know, our story and bring attention to the sustainable mission of the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Yeah. And, you know, that is, like you say, a real A-list lineup, isn't it? We're not just talking about any old uh, actresses there. We've got three big hitters in the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, let's touch on Monterey as, as a destination then. So the aquarium is obviously an absolute must when you visit. But where else in town would you recommend if it's someone's first time and, and they're keen to explore? Where should we go and check out in Monterey? So here's the thing. Everyone says Monterey, like Monterey is the town, right? Monterey County is so much bigger. So 
Monterey County comprised Big Sur, Salinas. You have um, uh, all these amazing, amazing places, Seaside. So it's it, it's literally this this conglomerate of just amazing, small, sleepy little towns, Pacific Grove. Um, and so it, it, it's just, you can't lose. I would say if you're going to start, start in Big Sur, you know, drive up the coast. Then you come into PG, you have Pebble Beach. Then you have Monterey, obviously the Monterey Bay Aquarium. You can't miss it. Um, and then you go up into Seaside and Marina, uh, Salinas. It's literally everything you could dream of, right? Salinas is the the vegetable basket of the entire United States, right? Some like 80% of the United States vegetables in season come out of the Salinas Valley. Like if you're eating lettuce in the United States in the summer, you're getting it from Salinas. The produce would be so fresh and delicious yeah. as a result. Yeah. And it's just the most beautiful thing. You know, I, I always say when I'm, when I'm driving, you know, from Monterey to San Jose to grab a plane, you know, and I see everyone out there working, like it, it is the most incredible thing to me. I have such a high regard and, and, and such a, an incredible respect for the people who work and provide our food for us. You know, I think that was one of the things that I've taken most. I'm originally from the East Coast. I'm originally from New Hampshire. Um, my family's all in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. And so when I, when I got here, you know, and I, and you can see it happening firsthand, you can witness it and you, you see just the passion and the drive and the hard work that, that these people put into your food. I mean, it, it is, it is breathtaking. You know, you can't, you can't help but stop and, and, and look and just go, man, I, I never knew, you know, you eat a salad, you go, oh, it's a good salad, but you have no idea. Just the back breaking, painstaking work, like, well, people make a place, don't they? So um, I think that it sounds like you have some amazing people there. But when I know also chefs, as you mentioned, can be quite competitive. And we must start with uh, with your restaurant if we're coming to Monterey. But are there any, any other restaurants that you would recommend uh, we try if we're in the area? You know, I will tell you, um, Monterey in general, you know, the entire county is just full of good restaurants. You know, I, I can't. I can't think of a miss, you know, uh, you know, you have everything from the fish hopper, which is, which is, you know, local Monterey fair. Uh, you have like Louis Linguini's, which is a cool, fun restaurant uh, right on the strip there. Cannery row is just a real good feel, good time. If you go over uh, to the pier, there's some incredible seafood down there. Um, there's, there's just, you know, there, there's, there's always something for everybody. And that's what I take away from Monterey is if you're coming to Monterey, you, you take it at veto vote, right? So like you go out and three people want seafood. Like there's always something on the menu for somebody everywhere. And I think that's one of the coolest things about Monterey. If you're looking for that really fine dining experience, obviously they have Pebble Beach. Uh, they have Roy's, the bench, you know, some really, really good places there. I mean, I, that's where when I'm trying to get away and I want to just have a night and quiet and get out, that's where I go. Um, and so I think there's just, there's an opportunity for everybody in Monterey. And I think that's one of the things whether it be the people or the restaurants or experiences, Monterey is a melting pot, right? It is a place where you can come and experience everything. It has all the, all the, the needs and wants of a big city, but a really, really small town feel. It's almost like, you know, time forgot it. You get into Pacific Grove and it's just quiet and sleepy and it kind of closes down at eight o'clock at night. And it, it's just, there's something so quintessential about that, that little small town feel uh, that you just can't find anywhere else feels very authentic right and, and also if, if if you're someone though that did want to kind of get active and um do some boating or biking there's plenty of that going on too isn't there oh my goodness yes 
I'll tell you, that's the one thing I always tell people. You pay so much to live in California, but you're never inside. You're never inside. So it's like you, you pay for this apartment, you know, $2,000 a month. But at the end of the day, you're never in it because you're, what you're paying for, what you're paying for is that access to outside, right? You're paying for the access to the amazing hiking trails in Monterey, to the bike trail, the rec trail. that literally takes you down to Lover's Point. You, know, you can walk all the way down to Pacific Grove all the way up to seaside, you can walk as far as you can see down the coast. I mean, it is every corner you take is breathtaking. And so it's just, it's absolutely incredible. You know, if you go up the hill in Monterey, you can look down and look out over the whole ocean. You know, you go up in this place called the forest um, up at the top when you're headed towards Double Beach and you can literally look down and it's just the most incredibly scenic views that you could ever imagine. It's just what you read about, right? It's the stuff you see on the postcards, the stuff you see in the magazines. And it's just literally every corner you take. It's impossible to ever drive it because you'd be pulling over every 10 feet. Yeah. I just want to be there now, Matt. You're making it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the plan. It's, that is the plan. <laughs> and I'm saying moving, something right. <laughs> moving to Monterey. <laughs> <laughs> well, with those beaches, it sounds like they're all pretty tremendous. But is there one, if you know, if you're just going to kind of spend a day on a beach somewhere um, within the region, is there one that you particularly love? Uh, Asilomar Beach for me, um, you know, it's usually pretty quiet. Um, it's not too far from the Monterey Bay Aquarium. You could actually walk there. Uh, if you're visiting the Monterey Bay Aquarium for the day and you were looking to get out and do something in the afternoon, catch a sunset, you, know, you could walk down to the beach um, and just kind of sit there and relax. You know, it's quiet. It's not overcrowded. You know, everyone has their own space. And just up the beach, so if you walk just through the dune there, uh, there's a, a an old board walking path that walks you all the way down the Pebble Beach Golf Course. You can walk all the way out to the point, that Cypress Point with the beautiful Cypress Tree. And it is just, you can't beat it. There's nothing like it. So actually, if you're going to spend a, you know, a few days there and you just you want to chill out and soak up all of these vibes, it is all quite walkable, is it? Because there are some stretches, obviously, like you mentioned, the region itself is very big. But if you're in Monterey proper um, and staying somewhere close to the aquarium, is it somewhere where you would need a car or can you, can you really kind of walk your way around? I think you could get around without a car, you know, truthfully, I think that's one of the, the, the glories of Monterey is it's really that outdoor lifestyle, right? Come see it, come experience it, you know, soak it in, you know, there's bike rentals everywhere. They have these little cars. They look, I, I don't know how to explain them other than they look like a, they look like a gumdrop <laughs> and, and you, you see people riding around with the helmets and they're the Monterey experience. And it's this yellow, mini taxi cab looking thing you know but there's there's no shortage of ways to get around and means to get around whether it's scooters or bikes or you know they have the little four-person bikes you can get in with the the covers on them people ride down the rec trail so there's always a way to get around you know you could you could see everything you needed to see either on foot or on a, a set of wheels that didn't have a motor well, this is music to my ears. As someone whose favorite place in the world is California, but who can't drive, I do seek out these destinations where you can get around without those big drives, Matt. <laughs> now, um, another another thing that I wanted to ask you about is John Steinbeck. We we can't talk about Monterey without talking about him because his novels, so many of them do reflect those roots in Monterey County. Have you been to the Steinbeck house? Is this is this somewhere that we should go? I personally have not been to the Steinbeck house. I've driven by it um, a bunch. And I will tell you that it is it is so full of history. It's one of those places that even when you drive by, it's inspiring. So I would definitely recommend it. I think the name 
the name Steinbeck, right, is synonymous with Monterey from the books to the stories to the the house to the lab, you name it. Like it is such a it is such a, a piece of Monterey and it will always be. And that's what I was saying earlier. You know, when you're in Monterey, like it is so chock full of history that you 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 can't help but feel like you step back in time, right? And so there's all these modern day conveniences, but you feel like you're a piece of history when you're there. And that's one of the coolest pieces for me is being able to understand like you are part of something bigger when you're in Monterey. You're not just there for the day. You're part of the history of Monterey. You are part of something that is so cool and so iconic. Um, you know, everything you do is something you've seen or heard or, or, or dreamt about seeing one day. It's all there. Mm, yeah, no, it sounds like it really is. And so with that in mind, just, just one more thing that I have to ask you about that's very important, the wine trails. Okay. So I, you're going to get great wine in this part of California, but are there any particular trails that we should take? You know, I will tell you at Monterey, there's, there's tours, right? So you can go and you can go down to Carmel and you can take tours and do tours of like wine tours and different winery tours. Uh, you can really get a feel for the wine that is grown in Monterey. Um, they have guided tours in Monterey. One's actually the Monterey guided wine tour. Um, they have the Carmel Valley wine tour. They have really cool stuff that you can actually sign up for. And so it makes it easier for you. And I think that's one of the special things about Monterey as well is, is you literally don't have to think too much, right? When you're on vacation or you're trying to get away, the last thing you want to do is think, right? That's why we're getting away. That's why you come to somewhere like Monterey is to disappear, not have to think, let it all go, disconnect and just be part of the moment that is Monterey. And I think that that's one of the things you can do is you truly, you you sign up for these tours, you sign up for these experiences and you let everybody else do the thinking. And all you have to do is sit back and relax. Well, Matt, it sounds like the the dream destination. And I'm so impressed with everything that you're doing, honestly, Matt, and and the way that you're paving the way for the sustainability um, and and protection for all the amazing community as well. And, And pioneering, as we mentioned earlier, you know, finding people who are creating and growing produce and and sending it across the the rest of the states as a result so so well done you it's it's honestly um it's quite the feat thank you very much i I very very much appreciate it and the only the only thing i would say is is come visit us you know i think that none of this none of it you know really gets out unless you come visit it word of mouth i think is is always the most powerful tool and experiencing it for yourself is is the most incredible way to do it so i would say to everybody yourself included get over here to Monterey and check us out. You know, we are, we are ready and waiting for you with open arms. We are going to be there with bells on Matt. We are excited to come and visit. This sounds like the most dreamy destination on so many levels and, uh, and any excuse really to be in California and to check out the, the fabulous cities that it has to offer. <laughs> you don't ever need an excuse to come to California. Matt, thank you ever so much. Really appreciate your time and your, your passion as well. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Amira, I hope you know that I'm booking a one-way ticket to Monterey County after listening to Matt. I know, right? You should have seen how refreshed, relaxed, and just full of life he looked too, babes. I keep telling you, it's that outdoor Cali lifestyle. He's actually living my Cali fantasy to the absolute max. Oh gosh, mine too. I mean, do you fancy renting an e-bike with me from Mad Dogs and Englishmen? They do a cute little sidecar that you can sit in. (laughs) Where are you taking me in this sidecar? 
Oh, you know, I don't know, past the cinematic windswept cliffs along to the Point Lobos State Natural Reserve. And how about we finish off with a dip in the little cove there? I have got one request. Please, can we stop off at Outer Bakery for some freshly baked sourdough and chocolate cupcakes? Full disclosure, I saw the Bean to Bar Beauties on their Instagram page and I've literally been thinking about them ever since. Oh my gosh, yeah, got to love a great bakery. I also want to put this fab South American bakery on your radar too, Fleur. I think you'd love it. It opened in the middle of the pandemic, so I'm not too sure how many people know about it. After listening to Chef Matt's tips, I want to do a bit more research into wider Monterey County area. And I found this gem in Pacific Grove. Okay, go on. You piqued my interest. I'm interested. So it's named after the indigenous people to Paraguay, the Guarani people. And the food's influenced by Chef Liliana Roda de Arajao influenced with her upbringing and her family ran a restaurant in Paraguay and her Argentinian mother-in-law taught her how to be a master at baking. So fusing those two influences together, you have the most delicious mix of empanadas, shredded beef, ham and cheese, Biff brisket smoked with oak. I mean, whatever you're after is in there. It's meant to be delicious. Okay. I'm absolutely sold. We're definitely going there for a snack. What about booze? So I know Chef Matt mentioned Karma Wineries and I've heard rumblings about the wine scene from a few in the know wine buffs that I know. And they are scouting that the Santa Lucia mountains are the new Napa. And they're not wrong. I mean, there's some pretty fab Chardonnays, my favourite, and Pinoirs coming out of the region. Should we schedule a day drinking sesh at Folktale Winery and Vineyards? I think we'd yes, enjoy that. <laughs> it's set in five, or it could be six, but I think it's five acres of sustainably grown vines and a gorgeous garden. So we're talking proper dreamy here. And they flaunt all the latest wines and serve them up with a taste test, including their very own wood fire flatbread. I mean, wine and flatbread, what's not to love? There's also a homeware store packed with ceramics and a fully stocked pantry. And that's your little souvenir shopping moment. Um, something that I always love to do. So yeah, an absolute breeze. I feel like you just had me there at wood fire flatbreads. I'm not sure <laughs> what else I could want. Chardonnay and wood fire flatbreads. <sighs> what about any craft breweries? I feel like places like Monterey County, which is like fast becoming a real like hub for creative types, there's always going to be a cool craft brewery popping up somewhere. I feel like that's when you know that somewhere is like on the cusp or like having a bit of a moment because one of them just appears. Yeah, I'm not a huge beer drinker, to be honest with you, but I did consult some Cali pals and they said Other Brother Brewery is a pretty popular local spot, especially with the surfing and skating crowd. They love to go there. It's also got this fab turquoise and walnut bar that I'm a little bit in love with. So I'd go just for that. Yeah, I think I've seen a picture of it on Instagram, actually, and it is quite, quite chic. And then finally is my fellow design style and interior absolute queen where are we staying oh so to give you that full wide-eyed wake up speechless every morning experience would you like that mm. um i think everyone should uh, should bed down at post ranch Inn. it's in big sur so it's about an hour from monterey proper but that just makes it the ideal launch off point to explore the rest of the county plus it means you've got this 
gorgeous coastal roads right on your doorstep. And the hotel itself is actually perched on the cliffside. So it's pretty spectacular. And then inside you've got cabins made from recycled redwood, all with these floor to ceiling vistas. I mean, you'll be obsessed. I know you will. Oh, it sounds like an absolute dream. I feel like give me an ocean view and the sound of crashing waves and I'm just absolutely sold. Monterey really does sound like it would make the perfect extended stopover point on your Cali road trip itinerary. If you haven't had it on radar before, you absolutely should now. Good food, good wine, plenty of places to strip off and run into the ocean. And it's eco-conscious at its core. Book my tickets with her. Cruise past the bluffs of Big Sur, the storybook cottages of Carmel by the Sea, or sniff out the best vine-to-glass grapes in the Santa Lucia Highlands. Just a two-hour drive from San Francisco, add the blissed-out vibes of Monterey County to your California road trip itinerary. Start planning at cmonterey.com. As the world starts to open up again, we want to know where you're travelling to. Whether it be a staycation in Cornwall or a trip to Capri, we love hearing what you're planning. Send us your voice notes to fleur at suitcasemag.com. We'll link all of our recommendations from today's episode into the show notes, alongside links to our articles that will help inspire your next adventure. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast listening platform you use. The Upgrade from Suitcase Magazine will be back in two weeks time. Until then, check in with us at suitcasemag.com. We'd also like to thank Soho Works, Soho House's members only co-working space. With sites across London, New York and in LA, it's the perfect place for the travelling professional to work. Membership grants you access to all of their global sites. We're actually in one of them now, utilising their podcast equipment. At Soho Works, you'll also find exclusive events, networking and an active digital community on the new Soho Works app. To view locations and apply, visit sohohouse.com forward slash membership forward slash works.